Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to three natural ways to use deepeners in hypnosis. How to deepen trance without scripts or clunky formulaic approaches. Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. So said Albert Einstein. And we humans are so swamped by metaphors, yep, I just used one there, that we often don't even notice when we use them. Take the word deep, for example. Literally, it means extending far down from the top or a surface, as with a deep well or ocean or wound. But deep, uh, though originally intended to describe a physical reality, is also used metaphorically to donate, for example, financial wealth. Ruth has deep pockets. Or psychological complexity. Rex's emotional issues run deep and therefore will require prolonged and expensive therapy. Or profoundly, man, that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians was really deep. Okay, pseudo-profundity. But I'll tell you who also likes to use the deep metaphor. So, who else likes using the metaphor deep? Hypnotherapists, of course. I use metaphor all the time. And whether you realize it or not, so do you. Every word we speak is a representation of some parallel reality, not the thing itself. Every word is a metaphor. And our use of the word deep to refer to hypnotic depth is the perfect example. So what do hypnotherapists mean by a deep trance or indeed hypnotic deepness? We use the word deep to describe a state with a greater degree of perceptual abstraction and light for a lesser degree of disassociation. Though if we wanted to use a proper counterpoint, we should probably use the word shallow. So recently during a um, teleconference uh, question and answer uh, session, someone asked me, I'm a newly qualified hypnotherapist and during our training and in my reading, there's lots of emphasis on inductions and deepening and so forth, which you don't seem to bother with in any formal style, which I like. Any comment on this for me, please? Thanks. And here's what I replied, and I'm sorry about the Hitler reference, but as we who use hypnosis know, dramatic examples can focus the attention more energetically. So my thoughts on hypnotic deepeners and how I answered this person. So I said, hi, and thanks for your question. And well, I could say I don't use formal hypnotic deepeners for the same reason that Adolf Hitler didn't when he hypnotized the masses during the Nuremberg rallies. He didn't need to use formal hypnotic deepeners because he knew how to do it naturalistically. Hypnosis can be used for ill as well as good, of course. So children experience hypnotic deepening during a mesmeric story, even though the person reading it probably has no such intentions. The deepening happens as a consequence of the story and the way that it is told. I don't tend to use too much psychobabble with my clients either, unless they talk like that themselves. And uh, my talking like that will actually build better rapport with them if they tend to talk like that. But if they don't, I steer clear of psychobabble. When we watch a movie, we don't want to see the cameras, the director, or bored extras standing around. We want to experience the movie without the clunky workings of the movie being too obvious.
Okay. Clunky convincers or obvious deepening techniques can mess with the immediacy of the hypnotic experience or the story of the situation, if you like. I don't want to be too clunky with clients. I want them to feel as if we're simply having a conversation, part of which may have involved them relaxing deeper than ever before, or even switching off sensation to control pain. But it's still just a naturalistic conversation. But I think it can be really useful to learn deepeners and lots of very formal hypnotic inductions, and having an air of the dramatic can be useful for some clients as well. So if we can assimilate that kind of training into a conversational, naturalistic and natural communication with the client and tailor our inductions to match their specific and maybe unique interests, then we're being respectful of them as a person and becoming more effective. Even with a very methodical protocol like the rewind technique, to some extent we can match the method to the interests and pre-existing resources of the unique client. Many hypnotic inductions are one size fits all and many of them still work. But if we understand the components of trance induction, then we can tailor an induction to suit the needs of the unique client in front of us. And this makes therapy more creative for us and more special for them. Many other practitioners have commented on my UPTV videos of treating clients, and they've been amazed at how I seem to help my clients go into deep trance just by continuing our natural conversation without even seeming to have a difference between conversation and hypnotic download. And certainly I sometimes like to have a client become more profoundly abstracted, to forget me and the room for a while and and uh, travel further inward or to go deeper, to use the metaphor. But I like to do this seamlessly. And generally speaking, just as people allowed to sleep will naturally go through phases of sleep, letting someone spend some time in trance will also encourage a deepening of that trance, simply because they have the space to find that depth of trance for themselves. To use another metaphor, water will find its way down the mountainside if allowed to do so. Likewise, taking someone in and out of mini-trance many times simply by using conversational hypnosis means that when they do go into hypnosis proper, they tend to go deeper, just as frustrating someone's desire to go into deep sleep increases their desire and need to sleep when they're finally allowed to slumber. We call this frustrating the response, and it's a technique in itself. But more specifically, here are three ways we can help our clients go deeper into trance naturalistically. So, deepener one. Ask them to, hypnotically. Or better still, imply through presuppositional language that they will go deeper into trance inevitably. In a few moments, as you go deeper into hypnotic trance, you can notice what pleasant images and ideas come to mind. So the suggestion to go deeper is taken as read, whilst you're ha- having them focus on the benefits of doing so. We haven't directly asked them to go deeper or said they're going to, but the message is there and presumed in the way that we've implied it. As we know, many client problems are or feel to the client as if they're catch-22 or double-bind situations. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Of course, this attitude is not at all helpful in any way, but we can use it as a basis to instead pose a blessed-if-you-do, blessed-if-you-don't situation. That is, you know, along with the usual hypnotic presuppositions, we can use that other staple of hypnotic communication, illusory choice. Okay. 
So you give the client a choice, but both responses lead to the same therapeutic outcome. So it's, it's an illusory choice. In five or 10 seconds or so, you can just notice how you can relax deeper into trance or maybe just become fully immersed in your calm and tranquil inner experience as you relax deeper to each word or to the space between each word. So what kind of a real choice is that? Relax deeper into trance or all become more fully immersed in your calm and tranquil inner experience. It's the same thing, really. But of course, it's the same thing. But the client has a sense of having been given a choice. And the conscious mind rarely dissects communication enough to pick up that kind of subtlety. So it feels as if the choice is there. And of course, relax deeper into trance is a direct suggestion to go deeper, embedded within a permissive framework. So we can have direct suggestions embedded within permissive frameworks. These four words can be distinguished by saying them slightly slower or deeper, and the unconscious mind gets the message. But we can go even further with some clients. So deeper the two, make going deeper contingent upon physical phenomena. So rather than employing obvious deepening techniques, we can link the suggestion of going deeper into hypnosis to an inevitable or already present phenomenon. For example, in a few moments, as you breathe out, notice how much deeper into lovely hypnotic trance you can go. So we've simply there just linked something we want to have them experience, going deeper into hypnosis, with something that will definitely happen, then breathing out. We've linked the two together. As you breathe out, notice how you go deeper. If someone is a talented hypnotic subject, we might even link a suggestion for going deeper with some hypnotic phenomenon that is already happening. You know, for example, you can see this on, on UPTV sometimes. If your if your client is experiencing hypnotic arm levitation, you can use this phenomenon to uh, help them go deeper. You know, as that arm continues to lift higher all by itself, you can really enjoy going deeper and deeper into hypnotic trance. If and when the arm begins to drift down, we might say, and I really don't want you to go twice as deeply into trance until that hand drifts all the way back down again. So we're linking it to something that's already happening. Here, the pressure is totally off the client. You've told them you really don't want them to go deeper into trance. That is until something happens that was always going to happen anyway. Okay. But there's one more deepening technique I want to share with you. An ancient technique that is absorbing and fun to use, yet often overlooked. Deepener three, worlds within worlds. If we see hypnotic depth as a kind of layering of consciousness, then we can adapt our technique to this idea. For example, uh, one layer might be very light trance. Trance is occurring for a few seconds at a time or everyday trance states, as we might call them, as when you start daydreaming, when you're out shopping. Another layer might be that of parallel awareness, in which you're, you're focusing equally externally and internally. This might happen when you close your eyes in the presence of a hypnotherapist and follow and respond to their ideas and suggestions, but are also aware of your surroundings and still consciously processing information like traffic outside or whatever, and which is a, a good level to do therapy. A deeper level or uh, layer might be the somnambulistic trance state in which focus is almost exclusively directed inwards and external reality is temporarily almost entirely forgotten. Some people experience this um, during hypnosis and we all experience this level of inner absorption when we dream at night. 
We're all metaphorical creatures, therefore these layers of inner absorption and abstraction can be accessed via metaphorical storytelling. Telling a story in which one of the characters then tells a further story, which in turn contains another story and so forth, is a way of suggesting someone take a parallel journey by going progressively deeper into hypnosis through these layers of meaning. In human givens psychology, this is called the Arabian Nights technique, and in neurolinguistic programming, it's given the uh, breakfast cereal sounding name of nested loops. But it's not just a modern psychotherapeutic method. Indeed, the uh, human givens moniker is a clue to its ancient usage. Stories within stories within stories are found in the ancient Hindu and Buddhist tales of the Panchantantra, the enchanting tales of Shezadra in the One Thousand and One Nights, Arabian Nights, the teaching tales of the Sufis, and other mystical traditions. So we can tell a client a story which really absorbs them uh, within the story, then tell another story, then another, each level of the story corresponding to a deeper level of trance, quite naturally, without us having to overtly suggest it. Hypnotherapists, remember, know how to suggest experience in ways that appeal to the unconscious mind, but bypass conscious analysis. We might also use pictures within pictures by suggesting our client inwardly observe a wonderfully calming and encouraging image, perhaps a photo or painting of a beautiful, tranquil place. We could ask them to um, imagine how wonderful it might feel to be in such a place, and then ask them to actually glide through the surface of the image and be in that place, relishing its incredibly calming effects. After a while, we might ask them to then observe a new painting within that first place of an even more amazing place. And so they continue to go deeper into the experience through an image and then another image and then another image. In the deepest painting or story, we can do our therapeutic work with our client, wrapped as they are in the secure, calm comfort of the inner sanctum of their trance within all those layers. There are ways of taking people into the hypnotic experience that are seamless and naturalistic and appeal to the unconscious mind, the part that does the deepening. Ultimately, deepening hypnosis can be done artfully. And in fact, it needs to be done in this way. I say this because hypnosis is a right brain experience. You do it, you experience it, but what you don't want to do is think about it. Clunky, over-obvious attempts to deepen hypnosis fail to recognize the very nature of hypnotic experience and unconscious communication. They may work for some people, but they're certainly not the best way. We don't want to see the cameras when we're watching a movie and being absorbed in the story. The client can enjoy the gliding of the swan without having to see or be distracted by the frantic workings of its feet beneath the calm waters. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. And if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog. Thank you.